Being a Christian is many, many things. But we can't earn our way to heaven. So I want to talk to you today and maybe return to some of the basics, if you will, of what is involved in being a Christian, okay? And we, we talk about these things, and um, various sermons will, you know, just maybe shed some light on these things, but I feel that it's important to visit these things often, to remind us of what things are important to God. When we are, tra- the Bible says to be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. What? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? So that's saying at one time in our lives we used to live a certain way. Okay? When we come to Christ, it's different. That doesn't mean we have to change our personality and and do a bunch of things to act like a Christian. No. But those things in our former life, some of those things are not acceptable now that we come to Christ. Okay? God has laws. God has standards that we are to follow. Absolutely. Being a Christian should and must affect everything that we do. All right? Now, we can't, as much as we can't say, well, this part of the Bible I believe, this part I don't, you can't do that. All right? The Bible is a whole and must be taken as such. All right? We can't say, well, this part of my life I allow God into to make me more like Him. In this area, I, re- I don't want God to, know, to, to be involved in. I don't want Him to know about that area. I, I want to keep that area quiet and in my little black box in the corner underneath the couch. Yeah? I want to keep that part of my life in my backyard so God can't see it from the road. We talked about that, right? We all have a backyard as opposed to our front yard. Our front yards are well manicured. They look so beautiful. The flowers are are beautiful. The bushes are trimmed and everything's weeded and looks so nice and beautiful. The back of our houses, not so much. All right? All the junk we don't want nobody to see from the road, that's where it's at. In the backyard, behind the house, behind the shed. Okay? It's not like that with God. We can't hide any of that stuff from Him. Right? But in our minds, we, we, we try to hide that stuff in the backyard. God sees our backyard. He knows what's in our backyard. So being a Christian should and must, I would add, affect everything that we do. All right? There is a movie that was out a few years ago, and it was kind of a remake of an old favorite of mine, The Karate Kid. All right? But this movie does not have Mr. Miyagi 
and Ralph Macchio. All right. This newer one has Jackie Chan, whom I love, and Will Smith's boy. Okay? And the movie is really well done. I, I, I stayed away from it for a long time because I didn't want to mess with my thing with Karate Kid. Don't mess with that. That's, that's a classic. Don't touch that. But they added Jackie Chan, which I really like, and I like that little kid. He does a great job. And so I gave it a shot, and wow, it wowed me. And I like it. I like what they did to it. But in, there's one spot. So if I may just enlighten you a little bit about this movie, okay? The young boy and his mom, <clears throat> no dad in the picture, um, they move, they're African-American. They move to China. Yeah, China, okay? Now, that's difficult, and the boy has a really hard time trying to relocate, trying to make friends, and he's outcast, and of course, there's always this bunch of highly trained karate punks that like to beat on the new kids, all right? And so the kid is really struggling. And he's kind of acting out a little bit towards his mom. He's, he's not listening to what his mom says. He's not doing what she says. He's got attitude like you wouldn't believe. All right? And one of the things that he does is he'll come home, and he takes his jacket off, and he just throws it on the floor. Just throws it on the floor. Don't care. And mom, she keeps saying... Dre, which is his name in the show, Dre, pick up your jacket. And so he'll, he'll go over and he picks it up and he takes it and he just goes, he just throws his jacket. Okay? Now I know that your kids don't act this way or have never acted that way, but, but mine occasionally do, Alex, Colin, <coughs> Brennan, Dev, you go ahead. Help me out here. Any of yours? Yeah, thank you. We won't point any fingers to this area regularly. <laughs> All right? But, so the mom is trying to get it through the boy's head. Drake, when you come home, don't throw your jacket on the floor. Hang it up, then you don't have to worry about it anymore. But he's just like, no. Well, one day... Jackie Chan, who was in the position kind of of Mr. Miyagi, is the apartment complex's fix-it guy, repair guy, and he goes in there to fix the faucet or whatever, and he sees the way Dre is treating his mama. He sees the way he's treating his mother, okay? Later on in the show, after the kid gets beat up pretty bad a few times, he sees uh, Mr. Um, Han is his name. He rescues Dre... From all of these karate punks, five or six of them were beaten on little Dre. So he jumps in, and the kid sees him doing all this cool karate stuff. You know, why <laughs> And the kid's impressed. Well, maybe I can learn, have some lessons from this guy and learn you know, some stuff. And the guy's like, no, I don't want to teach you. Well, finally they connect, you know. And what's the first thing 
that Mr. Han has little Dre do as his training, okay? Training. The first thing that he has him do for days on end is to pick up his jacket, hang it up, take it down, put it on, throw it on the ground. Pick it up over and over and over again, okay? And then after a few days, the kid's like, okay, Mr. Han, I get it. I shouldn't have disrespected my mom. I shouldn't have thrown my stuff on the floor. I get it. I'm done. Let's move on to the good stuff, the important stuff in his mind, right? But Mr. Han adds one more thing to this series of moves and actions that he's trying to get through the kid's head. And he says, now, pick it up and hang it up. And so the kid picks it up, he hangs it up. He says, no, pick it up, hang it up. No, because the kid did it with attitude when he was with his mama, see? And so Mr. Han tells him, add to it your attitude. So the kid goes, <laughs> like he's, okay, mom, I'm going to obey you. Here you go. And so all of those things, Mr. Han pointed out to young Dre that your attitude is just as important as your actions. Okay? And so with this in mind, let's proceed to the topic of our converse, uh, conversation and our teaching today and that is, being a Christian affects everything that you do, such as, it affects how we talk. Now, I'm not talking about going from a Brooklyn, New Yorker to a West Virginia sort of accent. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what comes out of our mouths. Okay? That is, that's a real struggle. And in James, it talks about taming the tongue. All right? And it says that wild animals can be tamed, but who can tame the tongue? Who can, who can guard what they say so that nothing bad comes out? That is a lifelong struggle. Okay? That's tough. That's really tough. But being... Now, I'm not saying that you're going to become perfect in all of these things. Otherwise, we wouldn't need Jesus anymore. See? However, I am saying that there needs to be a change, a uh, transformation of our minds from the person that we used to be to now a follower of Christ Jesus, the Lord, the King of Kings, the Son of God, the Messiah. We represent Him. And so everything that we do reflects Christ. So the things that come out of our mouths, what we say, we need to be careful about. All right. Ephesians 5, 4, if you want to turn, let's turn there. My wife, this, 
when we were dating, this was one of her favorite scriptures, and she would say it to me very often. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse jesting, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So, that means the jokes that we once told, regardless of how funny they are, mind you, all right, should not come out of our mouths, okay? I'm not saying those jokes ain't funny no more. (laughs) But I am saying you shouldn't be the one they're coming from, okay? Cursing and mocking other people and talking about other people and gossiping. We used to play this game back in youth group days. I think the name of it was called Gossip, wasn't it? Jody says she doesn't know. Whatever. (laughs) Lori, was that the name of it? I forget now. Yeah? Or telephone. Yeah, okay. All right. So what you do is one person starts out and says just a small phrase And then you whisper it to the person next to you, and you go around, 15, 20 people. By the time it gets back around to the same person, he listens to what the the last person in the line says to see how close it was to the original. And most of the time, it is way off, way off. It's really fun, kind of, when you're younger. When you're older, it kind of lacks the, um, the meat that real juicy gossip has. But... Gossip about other people should not be coming from us because it's destructive, all right? And we could say, well, sister, I need you to pray for so-and-so because, well, just so that you can pray properly, they had an affair and their marriage is on the rocks and so we really need to pray about so-and-so. No, all right? God knows the need. And you can pray in general without being specific and spreading gossip, yeah? Being a Christian should affect how we dress. What? Being a Christian should affect how we dress. Well, we should dress modestly so that our bodies are covered, not being provocative, not being offensive, okay? Well, wait a minute. I'm free in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, if you are free in Jesus, you are free indeed. So I am free to wear whatever I please, regardless of what other people think about it. Well, to a degree, that's absolutely true, all right? However, being a Christian, you should dress Modestly, okay? You should be covered, all right? And I'm not talking from the chin down to the ground, per se, okay? And that is, that's taught in different, uh, you know, groups of thought as well. That you, I mean, like, you've got to be covered like everything, 
okay? And I'm not going to take a whole lot of time on this, but you get the idea, right? You got to cover stuff that needs to be covered and because you're representing Christ now. You're not just representing yourself, and there's no reason we need you to show ourselves to the world, okay? So being a Christian affects how we talk. It affects how we dress. It affects, being a Christian affects how we conduct our business. And yes, that means our taxes. I knew he was going to get to that. One of these days, I just knew it. Pastor, why do you got to do that stuff? Because everything that we do and say, all of our actions reflect Christ. What if someone were to see and hear what we profess and then see what we do? Do you remember in the Bible when they were trying to um, corner Jesus when they asked him, what about paying taxes to Caesar? Right? And if he said, uh, well, we don't need to pay taxes to Caesar, um, then he's going against the law. And if he does say, we, de- we do need to pay taxes to Caesar, then he's, he's not really God. Because he's not the one that's in charge. And so what is his response? Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Render unto God that which is God's. And so he says, give to Caesar what belongs to him, what he is demanding. Give to God what he is demanding. Do you see? And so, yes, even our taxes, the way we conduct our taxes should be the way as if God was sitting next to us helping us to fill out our tax forms. Now, I know a lot of Christians that that's not the case, okay? And I'm telling you, if you want the blessings of God, you can't skip out on this area, friends, all right? You can't just say, well, I want... If if I'm tithing, I I expect these blessings and things like that, and God will. There's no doubt about it. However, if you are doing those things, you are acting with no faith. You're stealing. Don't do it. You are not representing God when you do that. Okay? This is getting... I'm messing with you a little bit here today, but I'm messing with myself too. We as Christians, it affects everything in our lives. Okay? Let me ask you this. Do you think that God cannot bless you bigger than you can rob the government of the little bit that you're going to save? And what destruction would you cause if someone found out? Well, God God knows. God knows. Okay? Let's continue. Being a Christian affects how we do our job. Being a Christian affects how we do our job, okay? Now, I've worked with many people when I was working at, uh, say, say, Pepsi, for instance. I was a route driver for Pepsi. And, man, there was just all this chatter about how bad the company was and just bad representation of the company, even to the customer. And I was like, man, dude, if it was me, I'd fire you right now. Because he's representing the company bad. He's putting a bad 
face on the company. It's the same way when we are representing Christ and we're out there in the world and we're saying one thing and we're doing another. That's called hypocrisy. And the world will take that and they'll run with it, friends. Yeah? Any little bit of hypocrisy they see, they're all over it. See, I told you, all Christians are hypocrites. Yeah, well, sometimes that's true. Yeah? Mm. So, it affects how we do our job. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, turn there with me. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Work heartily as unto who? Yeah. So when you're doing your job, when you're doing your jobs, we need to do them as unto the Lord. Yeah, but I got a boss, and I don't really like my boss. God doesn't factor that in, right? He doesn't say, well, if you got a good boss, work heartily unto your boss. No. He says, whatever you're doing, work as if you're working unto me. So now, we wouldn't do a shoddy job for the Lord, would we? We would want that job to be the absolute best. We wouldn't use shoddy materials. We wouldn't slam stuff together just to get on to the next thing. No, because this is, the, this is a big deal. This is for the king here, right? This is for the son of God right here. So we want that one to be really good. And then we go to our boss, and we just throw it together, and we're um, discrediting our boss and the company, and we're back-talking and... and No, no. Do your job as though you were doing it for me. Being a Christian affects everything that we do. How about our attitude? And we can kind of morph this into that. What about our attitude? Sometimes I feel like I got to take a shower when I'm around certain people and all that comes out of their mouth is negativity. It's like, get that stuff off of me. I don't want none of that junk on me. It's like you were standing on a pile of ants and they start to crawl all over. Whoa, hey, whoa, get that stuff off. I don't want that stuff on me. I don't want that negativity on I don't want that bad attitude on me. We're not to be that way, okay? Not everything is perfect in our lives. We get it. God gets it, okay? However, our attitude should reflect Christ. It should reflect that we are Christians. How about this? Being a Christian should affect how we treat other people. Being a Christian should affect how we treat other people. Christians and non-Christians. Our neighbors, being a Christian, should affect the way that we, we treat them. What about I can treat people well that agree with me of the same political party as me, they're of the same religion as I am, the same faith, and um, they, they, they're English-speaking, those kind of people I can treat really well, but you go outside of that, not so much. 
Today, it's becoming very obvious that the polarization of the political parties is that there's, there's very little in between them at all. And I have a hard time with that um, because that is saying that just because we believe differently, you and I can't be friends. I don't, I don't believe that. Just because you and I may believe differently, maybe we're from different political parties, does not mean that we can't enjoy each other, that we can't, in a sense, celebrate our differences. And I refuse to allow the fact that you friends may be of a different political party than I am, that we can't enjoy each other. I'm not going there. I'm not allowing that. You can, you can respond the way that you want, but this is the way I think about you. All right? I value you as a person. I respect your beliefs and your, your affiliations, and yet I still want to be your friend. I don't want that to separate us. And it will, friends. It will. Religion and politics, some tough subjects. But I don't want that. And I'm not willing to allow that to separate me and you. Don't you do that either. You can believe. You can have your own beliefs and, and convictions and um, affiliations. But don't, don't allow that to drive a wedge between you and somebody else. Because that's exactly what it does. Unless you do something about it, that's what's going to happen. How do we treat people of, of different... Um, Religions, people of, of different uh, uh, languages, how, how do we treat them? Are we, are we welcoming to them? How about people of different sexual orientations? How, how do we treat these people? How do we react to that? Do you know that in this very church right here, I've, I've kind of had to defend my decisions here recently uh, to someone on Facebook, and, um, but I, I want to tell you here openly today, that we have had gay people in this church. We've had lesbian people in this church. We have had all kinds of... We've had people of different faiths in this church. And I want to tell you and I want to promise you that they are welcomed and respected equally. We feel as Christians many times that if we accept them and show love to them and welcome them, that we are saying it's okay what they're doing. That's not it. And it's not our job to judge them, to point the finger at them. It's not our job to say, you know, you're wrong and I'm right. That's not it. It's our job to love them into the kingdom. There is a way we are supposed to um, welcome them. We are supposed to, they're different than us, yes. Okay, but what's going to happen to them if we are pointing the finger at them and saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. They're never going to come to church. They're never going to come to Christ. It's your job and it's my job to show them the love of Christ Jesus. And that is demonstrated in the way, tangibly, that we receive them. When we receive them and show them the love, we are not putting our stamp of approval on their lifestyle. Get that through your head. Once we get that through our heads, then we can love the way we're supposed to love. I'm not saying that I approve of what you are doing, but I, I love you just the same. 
I think of the woman that was brought to Jesus, thrown at his feet, caught in the very act of adultery. She was guilty, and everybody knew it, including her. And they're ready to just stone her to death. And they're trying to trap Jesus, and they say, according to the law of Moses, this woman should be stoned to death in front of everyone. What do you say, Jesus? Waiting for him to say, well... All right, so either way that he responds... He's stuck. Well, I'm not, if, I, if I follow the law of Moses and have her stones, then I'm not showing mercy and love. And if, if I don't have her stoned, then I'm against the law of Moses. What do I do? And he says, what you say is correct. But I say to you, let him is, who is without sin cast the first stone. You're no better than her is what he's saying. You're all full of sin, just like this lady. So if you're not with sin, if you've never sinned, then you can be the one to cast the first stone. And one by one, they dropped them and they walked away. And then he turns to the woman and he says, Woman, where are your accusers? He says, There are none, sir. And he says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That was Jesus' response to the lowest of the low, should our response be any different? Being a Christian should affect how we eat. Wait a minute now. You just hold on a second. Now you're really meddling. You talk about taxes, that's one thing, but you must start messing with my food. That's it. I draw the line right there. I'm not bringing this up because I am some health expert. I'm not bringing this up because I'm anything at all. I'm just bringing this to you. Should, let's ask this, should being a Christian affect what we eat? I say yes. Why? Because our body is what? Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that we can't have what we like? No, it does not. However, if there are things that we are doing to our bodies, the very temple What does that mean, the temple? It's where the Spirit of God lives, man. It's inside of us. Yeah? And if so, doesn't it deserve the best of what we can give it? Okay? Yeah, I think there's something to that. I do. And I I think many times that we don't give our bodies what they need to be healthy. All right? I've been trying to do better. I got a long way to go. But I'm, I'm trying to transform my thinking regarding these things. And don't get me wrong, I still love donuts and, and the like, you know. But chicken wings, yes, thank you, brother, for bringing that to my attention. <laughs> Okay, but think about it. Yeah, God wants us to enjoy our lives. There's no doubt about it, okay? But I think that we should take care of ourselves. I think that we should have some sort of physical exercise if we can, even if it's push, just push-ups and sit-ups or jumping jacks or something simple. Being a Christian should affect everything in your lives. The TV shows we watch... That's it. I'm not coming to the church anymore. 
This guy just, just like that in my ribs. The TV shows we watch, we've got our favorites, regardless of whether or not our Savior would approve of them. And does that mean that it should affect what we watch on TV? Yes. Does it mean that it should affect what we listen to, the kind of music we listen to? Yes. It certainly does. I remember having to go through all of my music, and I had quite a lot of it, and saying, no longer will I choose not to listen to this anymore because of the effect that it has on me. There was a time in my life, and I'm not exactly sure who it was, but there was one that I was really having a hard time getting rid of, and I would still listen to that, and it began to give me headaches whenever I would listen to it. I'm like, what is this? What is this? I get headaches when I would listen to these things. You know? Being a Christian should affect the music that we listen to. There's something in Christianity that we call character. Well, what is character? Character is hard to put your hands on. It's hard to touch, but it's easy to see. Character is when you do what's right when nobody else is looking. If we could explain it as simply as that. Character is doing what's right when nobody else is looking. There's a stop sign at a four-way stop out in the middle of nowhere. If we don't stop for that stop sign, is anybody going to know? Are the cops going to come and and put us in jail? Probably not. I think of some high-profile Christians who have been all over TV, have had big, huge ministries, and then you find out that they have done something horrible. Either they've been ripping off people's money and benefiting it, you know, themselves in a great deal, okay? They should benefit, but excessive, right? It's the excessive part that is, is troublesome. Or they were found doing something, visiting a prostitute. Other things. And you can fill, fill in the blanks. So what does that do to people <clears throat> who were followers of this person? Well, that really just pulls the rug out from underneath them. Big time. Right? And so, what if something that I do What if I stumble? What is that going to do to the person that listens to what I say? Then what? Yeah. It's the same with you. It's the same with me. There are people that listen to what we have to say. There are quiet observers in our lives, in the workplace, in our schools, our families, etc., etc. The gas stations that we've frequent the grocery stores that we frequent and so on and so forth they they're watching us and we can either show them humility humble christ-like love right truth not that we're perfect but if we are not careful we could fall stumble and cause somebody else to fall too okay And you may remember a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago now, 
when we were talking about this millstone being tied around the neck of someone who has caused a new believer to stumble. And what did Jesus say? It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone, couple hundred pound stone tied around their neck. Jesus was adamant about this. Make sure that you're not causing someone else to sin. Okay? I'm going to stop there. Friends, I don't say this to condemn you. I don't say it to to point the finger at anyone. I say it because it's important that we as Christians are representing Christ. It's really important. Would you stand with me today? Let's close in prayer. What I would like is, because that we've been talking about some things that maybe um, we need some work in, in some areas, what I would like for you to do is just quietly to yourself to offer that area to God, okay? I, I need you to ask if, if what I'm saying agrees with you and the Spirit is working in your heart, let's ask God to forgive us. Let's ask God to help us to do better in these areas. Let's ask God to help us to be transparent. And by that I mean that we're not hiding. We're not hiding things. Do you know that when you hide things, it becomes a weight on your shoulders. And you carry that weight, and after a while you don't even realize that you're carrying this heavy weight until it's gone. And once that weight is gone, you're like, oh my gosh, how long have I been carrying this burden, this weight? And God just wants to remove that from you. He just wants to cleanse you. He wants to take you in as his own. I challenge you today as we pray to offer those things to God. To allow him access into your life, into your heart. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. You may have seen that painting. And Jesus is at this door in this beautiful garden. He's knocking at the door. I'll never forget that painting. And he says, anyone that opens the door to me, I will come in. And we will sit down and we will eat together. Okay? And so Jesus is saying, I want to come into your life. But I will not force my way in. If you want to keep me out, that is your choice. You can do that. But he says, I want into your life. If you let me in, then I'm going to come in. And we're going to sit down, we're going to have a meal together. What happens when we sit down and we have a meal together? We enjoy each other's company, don't we? <laughs> and we, we talk together. And we relax. And we enjoy each other. Let's let God into our lives. 
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We recognize, O oh Lord, that we are sinners. Father, we pray that you would forgive us from our sin. And in your word, it says that you cast our sins in the sea of forgetfulness and you remember them no more. What a merciful God you are. We don't deserve that. You cast our sins, your word says, as far as the east is from the west. Father, we need your grace and your mercy. Forgive us for those areas of our lives that we keep you out of. Today, Lord, we humble ourselves before you. And we pray that you would come into those areas, Lord, of our lives, that you would cleanse those areas of our lives too. And Father, help us as ambassadors of Christ to represent you well to this world wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we say. In Jesus' name we pray.